0: That leaves you some cap room left. Uh, I don't think they bring back Rivers or Brissette here. We talked about this on the NFC East podcast. I think they trade for Carson Wentz. That is right. You heard it here first. Uh, Over a month ago, we called Carson Wentz traded to the Indianapolis Colts. And we were right, and I doubled down on that by taking them first, or with my with the second pick, my first pick in our Super Bowl draft last week. I thought the Colts were going to be making this trade all along, and turns out I was 100% right and never believed the uh, back and forth with the Bears was going to break through. I didn't think the Eagles wanted to trade Carson Wentz in conference. All of that turned out to be 100% true. You're not going to tell me that the Bears weren't willing to offer what the Colts did. They got him for a steal. Uh, They do have to give up a first-rounder next year if they make the playoffs, which I clearly think they will. But this was 100% worth it. I thought they'd be giving up this year's first. But as it is, it's going to be a third this year and a second, possibly a first next year. Again, I think that's a a lock with this roster. And you bring Carson Wentz back to Frank Reich, where he was able to put up MVP-type numbers in his offense in Philadelphia. Love, love, love this trade for the Colts. I think it makes them instant contenders. In the AFC, uh, listen, this team was built uh, to, to win with Andrew Luck, and when he retired, it just set them back. I don't think Wentz is Andrew Luck, but I think he's a lot closer to Andrew Luck than Jacoby Brissett or Philip Rivers at the end of his career there was. So love this trade for them. Puts them back on track to where they were before Luck retired. Good for them. Obviously going to be rooting for them considering that <laughs> I stand to win a lot of money if they win a Super Bowl next year. So let's go Colts. I um, wanted to kick off the podcast with that because that just happened this morning. Um, I've been meaning to do this AFC North Breakdown podcast. I kept coming up with other ideas. Other stuff came up. Obviously, uh, a child was born in my home a few weeks ago, so much more pressing things to take care of. But we're finally getting to it now. We're going to break down the AFC North, a division that I like, obviously, because in the aforementioned Super Bowl draft, I picked three of these teams. So I definitely like this division. think there's three potential playoff teams in it, and the Bengals, with Joe Burrow, they're rebuilding, an exciting team. You got T. Higgins there. This division looks like it could be a lot of fun for years to come. And it's going to be fun to break down some of the moves that we think uh, some of these teams can make. So we're going to start here with the Bengals. Uh, they were the last place team last year, the only team in the division not to make the playoffs. Uh, they finished 4 11 1, head coached by Zach Taylor. They've got $35 million in cap space and a couple of big name free agents uh, A.J. Green, obviously, and John Ross, who Never lived up to the number eight pick that the Bengals took him at, wowed everybody with that blazing 40-time that broke the combine record, but never saw that speed manifest itself on the field the way that you do with a Tyreek Hill. I think that's what they thought they were getting, and they clearly weren't. So uh, I don't think that they're going to bring him back. They declined the fifth-year option, so I think he's probably going to be gone. A.J. Green also probably going to be gone. I don't see him... Uh, Coming back to a team that's in rebuild, he's in the tail end of his career. A couple other guys, uh, McKenzie, Alexander, William Jackson, Carl Lawson, Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, I think you have to bring back Alexander, Jackson, Lawson. I think you bring back those three uh, just because I don't think you're going to attract a lot of big-name free agents uh, when you're in the middle of a rebuild. I think you you stick with the guys that are familiar with your system and you use your cap space that way if you're the Bengals and that maybe bring these guys in on one-year deals and you're freeing yourself up next year to uh, make a push if Joe Burrow makes that leap this year uh, that a lot of quarterbacks make in their second year. We'll we'll see if he can come back from that injury. Uh, This offense could be dynamic uh, with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They definitely need to improve the offensive line, and we're going to have them doing that here in the draft with the number five pick. Uh, We have them taking Pene Sewell. He's hands down the best left tackle in the draft out of Oregon. Uh, They could go Micah Parsons if they wanted to shore up the defense, Uh, especially after we watched uh, Devin White, See, I've spaced on his name for there for a second. <laughs> After we watched Devin White's performance with the Bucks last year, you know what a stud linebacker like that can do for your defense. So it wouldn't be a terrible pick here, but I think you have to protect your asset, that number one overall pick, and Joe Burrow back there. Uh, so you you grab Penae Sewell here, and you you don't even think about it. Best left tackle on the board. He's more than likely still going to be available based on the needs a quarterback Uh, everybody in front of them with the exception of Dolphins is probably going to be taking a quarterback so and even at that Dolphins pick it's likely that somebody trades up so I think they get their choice of whoever they want here and to me it has to be Penny Sewell left tackle Oregon that moves them to the number 37 pick a couple of options for them here uh, they could go De'Aaron Kendrick the cornerback definitely need to shore up that defense Uh, did not play well last year but I think the pick here is a Pat Fryermuth, the tight end at Penn State. He is the second best tight end in this class. Granted, it is a huge drop off because the top guy is Kyle Pitts and he is a top 10 overall player in this draft. Probably the best tight end prospect we've seen since Vernon Davis. But is is quite a bit of a step down, but he's no slouch, he'll be a starter in this league. And I think here at number 37, if you're the Bengals, listen, like I said, you have Higgins, you have Boyd, you have Joe Mixon there in the backfield. You need a young guy to come up at the tight end position with Joe Burrow. I think you can grab that guy here and you don't overthink it. It's, you know, he's the second best guy on the board and he's slotted to go around this area in the draft. Don't overthink it. Take the guy, move on. Uh, at number 69, I have them slotted to take a D tackle out of Washington, uh the best player that's going to be available, which when you're in a rebuild and you have so many holes on your team is what you should do. Just take the best player available. Don't think about it. And that is uh, Levi the D tackle out of Washington. So that is the uh, off season moves that I have for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're going to be in the cellar of that division for at least this year, if not the next couple, but listen, like a couple of right moves and that can flip really fast as we've, as we've seen so often in the NFL. So we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the Cleveland Browns. Welcome back. We move on to talk about the Cleveland Browns 11 and five last year, third place in the division Uh, made the, Playoffs as a wild card. Beat the Steelers uh, in that game where they jumped out to a 28 nothing lead thanks to some turnovers there uh, in the wild card round. Lost in the divisional round to the Chiefs in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, the fumble into the end zone. Uh, Chad Henney coming in and <laughs> making amaz- a couple of amazing plays to beat them there. Definitely could have had that game. And who knows, uh, they go to the championship game against the Bills. Maybe they win. The whole season could have played out different, but as it was, uh, they were out. Uh, head coach Devin, Kevin Stefanski for them, coach of the year, uh, good for him. Uh, cap space not looking good for the Browns, but they can definitely move some of that by uh, getting rid of Odell Beckham. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they actually do that. Uh, this is also a potential landing spot for J.J. Watt. Obviously, they would have to uh, move some money around if they were going to bring him in, but I think he's, he's probably willing to p- play for a veteran minimum, minimum um, just to play where he wants to play, have a chance to win a title. And supposedly he likes Cleveland. Actually had them slotted to take a defensive end uh, at number 26. Originally was kind of 50-50, especially if a guy like J.C. Horn, spoiler alert, is uh, the corner from South Carolina, is still there uh, when they pick at number 26. Uh, As it is, this J.J. Watt thing was enough to sway me to them taking the corner there at number 26. So the moves for the Browns. Sign J.J. Watt. And that's pretty much all you could do. Uh, they're key free agents that they're more than likely going to lose because of the cap space and because they want to obviously bring in a guy like Watt. Uh, so you're going to lose uh, Andrew Sandejo, B.J. Goodson, Rashad Higgins, Terrence Mitchell, Carl Joseph, Kevin Johnson, and Olivier Vernon. Uh, especially Vernon that has not been as good as he's been in the past, so I don't think you can splurge the money to bring him back. I think you've got to let him go and just uh, draft a replacement here. So that moves us on to the draft for the Cleveland Browns. They pick at number 26, number 59, and they have two thirds at number 89 and number 91. So, some options here at number 26 they could go on Holland if they wanted to go safety. Uh, Jalen Phillips, a defensive end out of Miami, is another decent option for them. JC Horn, excuse me, the corner from South Carolina is I think their best option, and if they did decide to trade Odell Beckham, uh, Terrence Marshall should be available from LSU, the stud 6'4 receiver, who, ironically enough, I have slotted to the Ravens at number 27, so I could certainly see the Browns looking to jump up and steal a guy from from their division rival. Uh, As it is, I think they're more focused on what their needs are, and right now that's in the secondary, the secondary is atrocious. I think they go J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina here at number 26. And I think they double down on the secondary at number 59 and bring in Andre Cisco, the safety out of Syracuse. I think you, uh, you, get, two, you get two starters. Uh, you can get a starting caliber safety later in the draft than you can other positions because it's not really seen as much of a position as need. Guys like uh, Jamal Adams are rare that can be game breakers at that position. So you grab a guy like Cisco, who is not going to be the game-breaker that Adams is, but he is going to be a solid starter. I think then you move on to number 89, and you stick with secondary. That's right, three picks in the secondary to start out their draft it's the area of weakness it's the area they need to address the most uh you go DJ Daniel the quarter, corner out of Georgia who I think is going to be a steal uh here in the third round and then at number 91 you finally address some offense uh you take the 6 foot 6 Osiris Mitchell out of Mississippi State never had a great quarterback thrown on the ball but has all the tools can run is tall can jump i think you put him in this offense where the Attention's not going to be on him. And as a rookie, I think he can have a similar impact that you saw like a Chase Claypool have this year where there's two other great receivers on the field and he can, he can go to work. He can catch those 50-50 uh, balls downfield. Might not be as talented as a guy like Claypool, but certainly uh, could bring a whole new dimension to this Browns offense, which was so heavily reliant on the running game. And rightfully so. They have two top six running backs on their roster. So why not run the ball? And I don't think that they're going to stop doing that, but I think if you can add a dimension to this offense, you, you have to try to do it. So uh, that'll do it for the Browns. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the Baltimore Ravens welcome back we move on to the baltimore ravens head coach john harbaugh finished 11 and 5 last year lost in the divisional round to the buffalo bills and a game that a lot of us thought was going to be a shootout and uh turned out to be a defensive struggle uh ending in a big defensive play lamar jackson throwing the pick six swung that game and it was pretty much over after that happened season over uh Key free agents, Matt Judon, Unique Ngakwe, Willie Sneed, Pernod McPhee, Tyus Bowser, DJ Fluker, RG3. It, it looks like to me that they're going to have to use most of that $27 million to bring their own guys back. I think you have to look at guys like McPhee, Bowser, Ju- definitely Judon. Judon's been a staple there and one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. I don't think you can bring a guy back like Ngakwe. He doesn't really have uh, as much of a history with the team and didn't play exceptionally well when he was there it was kind of a a luxury signing for them i think if you do look at a free agent if you are the ravens if suppose you only bring back judon and leave yourself some cap space i think you could look at a guy like marvin jones i think would be a solid uh number two type receiver uh, to bring in for them to go with hollywood brown i don't think hollywood brown is the number one but i think you definitely need somebody on the other side to to give lamar jackson some help uh Listen, all of you that listen to this podcast know me very well. I'm outspoken against the Ravens and their fans. I think their fanboy base is annoying as hell, and I'm always happy when they lose. Now that I've done that Super Bowl draft and picked them, I actually have to root for them next year. But uh, all that aside, like I said, I'm usually a Ravens hater all the way, but I think Lamar Jackson's getting way too much heat for that playoff loss and for the team's lack of success in general. Uh, he just hasn't had the receivers. He's – Never had a stud receiver that he could just throw the ball up to, and I think here with the 27th pick in the draft, they go after Terrace Marshall at LSU. I don't even look at anybody else if I'm them. Uh, you have to get this guy if he's there. He's never had that six-four guy that he could just throw it up to. I mean, unless you count, of course, uh, Mark Andrews over the middle, who he has turned into a stud tight end and who, who heard of Mark Andrews before he got with Lamar Jackson. So I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than he's getting credit for. And if he can get a target like Terrace Marshall at LSU, I think it'll do wonders for that offense. So uh, that, to me, look at guys like Marvin Jones and then definitely draft Terrace Marshall here at number 27. Uh, the Ravens are picking again at number 58 and i think that they have to go after a guy like a spencer brown or a landon dickerson somebody that you can plug into that line because they are missing marshall yonda as the team has not been the same the running game the offensive line none of it has been the same since he left and i think they obviously you're not going to get another hall of fame level guy like him just in the second round of the draft but you have to get somebody who is a viable starter in this league so i think that's the direction they go uh, with the second round pick there uh, we're gonna take one more quick, quick break and come back and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back. We move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. Uh, Twelve and four division champs last year. Uh, negative twenty one million dollars in cap space, so that's gonna hurt them. Uh, real easy to forget that they started eleven and zero. I like this team's chances a lot more than other people, uh, obviously because I drafted them in our uh, in our Super Bowl draft last week. I took them at thirty to one. I think it's great odds. A team that started 11-0 last year. Are you kidding me? They just ran into a rash of injuries on their defense, and in a lot of ways, their offense got figured out. That short passing game just didn't work anymore. So you definitely have to get some kind of semblance of a running game. You can't do that with your cap situation. You're going to be losing a guy like Bud Dupree. You're going to be losing Juju Smith-Schuster. That is not good for them. I actually got into a, not a heated debate, but just some guy tried to tell me I didn't know what I was talking about because... I was talking about the Steelers cap situation. Little did he know that I have a podcast that seven to 10 people pity listen to. So he just didn't know who he was talking to. It's all good. We'll give him a pass. In all seriousness though, this is not a normal year. The cap has gone up 10 to 12 million every year since 2015. The Steelers are a well run organization and they have that baked into their finances, which is All well and good. It works out great until you run into a situation like this. Completely unforeseen by anybody. So I'm not saying anything bad about the Steelers. It just is what it is. We're looking at $180 million being the cap when it was almost $200 million last year. So a lot of these teams were projecting a $212 million cap, $215 million cap. It's actually come backwards. So guys like Dupree and Juju are going to be gone. And do the Steelers part ways with Big Ben? Who knows? Uh, He's uh, do Do a big cap figure. Are they ready to be done with him? I don't think so. I think they bring him back at least one more year to uh, try to run it back. See if he can get one last title under his belt. He's already got two. If he gets to three, he's he's up there (laughs) with a lot of guys who, with a handful of guys, excuse me, that that can say that they have three. And he's got to be talked about as a top 10 guy. Maybe we redo the list and have him on it. Who knows? Anyway, the only way that they can add anything to this team is through the draft. So they're picking at number 24, number 56, and number 87. And I have – this is one of the more fun ones for me because I uh, actually mapped out their picks in a way that I think is really going to help their team immediately. Uh, number 24, they have a couple of different options. You could go with Mac Jones to be the heir apparent to, to Big Ben. You could go with like a Travis Etienne or a Chris, uh, the running back from Clemson if you want to supplement this run game. I consider this here. I actually had them taking the running back that I'm going to talk about with their third-round pick. So pretty good. Put that one on the back burner for a little bit. Uh, Christian Derisaw, the left tackle. Do They go with a guy like him. A Trey Smith, the guard from Tennessee. A Najee Harris, another running back. N- number of options they can go with here. I think they go Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. You plug him in there. If you're really going to get this run game going, it starts with the offensive line. Specifically, those interior guys. You get the second best guard in the draft and Wyatt Davis here. Some would say the best. And... You, taking a guard with the, in the first round is usually like, ah, it's not a position I need. But this late in the first round and you're getting one of the best guys on the board, I think it's a no-brainer. You go Wyatt Davis, a uh, guard from Ohio State here at number 24. That moves us to number 56. I consider uh, two different options here. There's an Aiden Hutchinson pass rusher out of Michigan. You're going to be losing Bud Dupree. You need somebody on the other side of J.J. Watt. I'm not sure that I see Hutchinson working here, the Steelers, uh, Tend to like faster pass rushers. They, they go with the 3-4. I just – I don't think – uh think Hutchinson is more of a 4-3 type guy. So I don't see that happening here. I have them going with Samuel Cosme, the tackle from Texas. Just uh, keep adding to that line. You're probably going to be losing Alejandro Villanueva at this point, point. $21 million in cap space, and he is not under contract. So I think you go out and get his replacement here. Number 87 is where we're going to have some fun. Uh, number 87, Chubba Hubbard. Fun name to say. He's a running back out of Oklahoma State. This dude was one of the best running backs in college football in 2019. And then this year kind of had a, a weird setback. Uh, called out his head coach for wearing a pro-Trump n- news organization shirt. Some nonsense. Listen, I'm not getting into any politics on this podcast. Let's just say that his draft stock fell for non-football reasons. Uh, this year, obviously, was weird. They The team only played seven games. So I'm not going to... He didn't look as electric as he did in 2019 when he was rushing for almost 2,000 yards, carrying the ball 20 to 25 times a game. So this guy's got workhorse potential. I'm not going to put any stock into last year. It was a weird season, and the entire landscape of college football was just shaking. Teams didn't know if they were going to play. You had opt-outs all over the place. Listen, I'm going back to 2019 and looking at this guy and saying he's a stud and he definitely deserves to be hired in a third round pick. And I think the Steelers get an absolute steal with Chubb Hubbard here at pick number 87. And that'll do it for the offseason moves for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that'll do it for our podcast. Uh, the next division I want to break down will be the AFC West. I have a particular... Listener, my brother-in-law, who is a huge Broncos fan and I'm sure is looking forward to hearing what I think his team can do to compete in a division that now has uh, definitely one MVP caliber quarterback. And you could argue, too, uh, I would argue, too, because I think Justin Herbert is the best quarterback to come out last year in a loaded class and I think his Broncos might be in trouble unless they can find a quarterback of their own we'll see what we can do for them in our next podcast when we break down the AFC West until then guys thanks for listening and let me know what I can do to improve and love you all